All right, welcome in everyone. Welcome to episode number 53 of the podcast. This week on the pod, we have reports coming back. Uh, and then beyond this, we're going to be doing a five round mock draft for startup leagues, just trying to show where players' values are. Uh, and we're going to be talking about reaching, depending on where you are in the draft and how important it is in your startup draft to reach on guys you're really positive and, and really believe in. Um, and then after that, we have a small little short uh, office hours with Professor Max. So Max's Trade Corner makes another appearance uh, on another show. So wanted to thank our presenting sponsor, Underdog Fantasy. Use our code MONARCHY, get a $100 deposit match. Again, MONARCHY, M-O-N-A-R-C-H-Y, get a $100 deposit match. And we're giving away a signed Javanta Williams jersey on our Twitter. Go to at Dynasty Monarchy. Go check that out there. We're giving it away for free. All you have to do is give us a retweet. Uh, so check us out there. Let's go. Why, hello there, my fellow kings and queens. Welcome to the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast, where you will learn how to rule over your Dynasty League for years to come. Now, allow me to introduce you to your hosts, Max, Peter, and Jace. Here we go, episode number 53 of the Dynasty Monarchy podcast. We are back again, once again, with all the guys. Everybody's clocking in for the night shift tonight. It is Wednesday, August 17th. Whoever you may be, however you may be listening, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, however you're listening again, welcome, welcome in. Like I mentioned earlier, all the guys are back. Nick C, super producer Nick C, and Max up in Cleveland. Jace, holding it down in the desert. Guys, how are we doing? I'm doing really well, though, man. I, I woke up this morning and it was Nixie. I don't know if you got to experience it. Reminded me of fall out there in Cleveland. Some cooler weather today, just in the morning, really. And I just can't wait for football, for NFL, for college football, for it all, man. So I'm really excited, excited to have this episode as we start year two officially. And uh, just excited to be with the boys. No doubt. I, it's a it's a good day. Love a nice Tuesday night podcast sesh. Um, Max, I know you just got back from a Guardians game. I'm super jealous about that. You got to be feeling good from that. Uh, you know, you're shaking your head. No, I always forget that you're not a big baseball guy like me and Peter are. But what I just I would love to be at a baseball game here pretty Ooh. soon. I'm watching on my phone, watching on the TV, but there, there's nothing like being at the ballpark. Nothing like it, man. Yeah, we, uh, <clears throat> sorry, just got that. Yeah, you know, we got another great episode for everybody. Like I mentioned in the intro, we're going to be doing reports from around the realm and then a mock draft, start up mock draft. So those of you whose leagues start a little bit later, uh, this is going to be a, a little bit more like competitive leaning, but still a dynasty uh, just because we're a little bit later into the fantasy football season right now. And then at the end, if we have time, we're going to run a Max's trade corner. Max, you excited for that? Yeah, I actually got a little bit of a different twist on it today, so I'm excited to share that with the with the guys that prepared a, a quick a couple quick reports, and uh, looking forward to that. Yeah, uh, before we get in the show, a little pop culture with Pete time. We saw this past couple of days on Twitter; it's been lighting up. They're making a Wizard of Oz remake, one of the movies that just should never be remade, and. Is just an all-time classic. Give me your number one movie that should just never be remade. Um, I'm going to go with The Polar Express. Uh, I saw a really cool 
picture today. It was called the Pollard Express, and it made me want to go trade uh, for Tony Pollard. But you we know, we should have came up with that. We're really big Polar Express people on the pod. Exactly that and Paddington. So neither of those two should ever be remade. Those are my two favorites. Mm-hmm. I can't think of like a good one that the I feel like the general public would agree on. But for me, if the Big Lebowski was ever remade and anyone but Jeff Bridges was the dude, I would just like, I don't even know. I think I would have to burn a movie theater down or something. <laughs> I don't I don't know. I, I hate to be like the film snob, but I'm going to be him for two seconds. The Godfather and The Godfather Part Two should never be remade. And if I had a time machine to go back in time to the 1990s, I would stop Francis Ford Coppola from making The Godfather 3 and just putting a little bit of a a blemish on the franchise. The Godfather 1 and 2 should never be remade. Lord knows that they eventually probably will be in, you know, 60 years, something like that. I could just see it happen, but that would be the worst decision ever. Those movies are actually perfect. Very nice. I've heard nothing but bad things about Godfather 3, so... And it's, it? Godfather three is not a bad movie. You know what it's like? It's like, um, it's like Drew Bloodsoe and Godfather one was, is very good. Godfather two, Tom Brady, incredible movie. <laughs> you know, both of them back to back, you know, Drew Bloodsoe was a really good quarterback, set the stage for Tom. Tom came in and did his thing. And then the Godfather three is stinky Mac Jones. And it's just, <laughs> It's going to be looked back upon just like, what were they doing, man? That so I came up with that on the fly. I didn't That's pretty nice, that. dude. That is impressive. I'm not going to lie. Good on you. All right. With that being said, we're going to get into reports from around the round. But before then, wanted to thank our presenting sponsor, Underdog Fantasy. Underdog is the best and easiest way to play fantasy football. Underdog lets you draft a season-long best ball team in just seconds. What is best ball, you may ask? Hmm. Well, have you ever made the wrong decision to start slash sit a player well no more of that best ball allows the optimal lineup to be set every single week after uh, the competition is over so there's never any bad start sit decisions your draft is the key no waiver wire no trading right from the draft that's it your team is started the best possible way nick c and i both entered one of the tournaments today three dollar pomeranian number two i think that's pretty cool part about underdog they name all their tournaments based on uh, different dog breeds. So we entered the Pomeranian part two. Nick C, give me your favorite steal from the uh, draft that you had today. You know, I would say that my favorite steal in my draft was probably Chris Godwin. I got him at pick 51, a little bit above his ADP, but starting to – get a little bit more excited about Godwin with some uh, good news coming out about him getting on the field. So that was kind of my favorite. Yeah. So the Pomeranian, like we just mentioned, it's a $3 entry, $50,000 prize pool. So again, take your stab at it. Use our code. We have a code over there. Pretty fancy official monarchy, M O N A R C H Y. And you'll get a free deposit match up to $100 in bonus cash. So use our code MONARCHY when you sign up, deposit $10, and you are eligible for up to $100 in bonus cash. Yeah. You know, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while and you're like, man, like I really want to deposit money, I really want to get into underdog football seasons coming up. Now's a great time because you also get 15 entries uh, into our signed Javonta Williams jersey. So kind of like a two birds for one stone. You get to win some money on underdog. You get to watch the games and have some stake in the games and you get a better chance at winning the sign Javonta Jersey. So 
all around a win-win. I'm going to hop in too. Again, I think another thing that's important is it's not just football. They got fantasy baseball, fantasy oh, yeah. golf even. So, I mean, they have really every sport that you can kind of get in some action, some DFS stuff. And they also have uh, pickums, which you can kind of string together some over-unders for certain stuff, kind of like prop bets. Uh, I know Jace is kind of excited. I was looking oh. up and uh, saw that Arizona is actually uh, supported now for pickums. So now, Jace, you can kind of rip some pickums whenever you're feeling it. Ooh, that is too dangerous right there. I'm telling you, it's the pickums are real fun to scroll through. If you're just a casual baseball fan right now, I highly recommend you check those out. It's a, you know, baseball can be boring to watch. I fully admit that as someone who's played it and who watches it every day. But if you got a little bit of dough on the line, um, it's great. And you can get a deposit match and, you know, throw a decent amount of change on a game here. So, uh, yeah, great reason to get to the ballpark as well. Go watch those bets play out live in the field just i want to tell a funny story i think the listeners will like it was at the guards game tonight and as jay said you know baseball is a fun game to bet on i'm not going to a baseball game unless i can throw some money on it and <laughs> i had probably one of the most unlucky bets you'll ever see happen tonight uh, i bet in a, a nerfy no run first inning and there were two outs guy on second and the guy hit a ball like right up the middle it hits the second base bag and bounces up and the guy made it home, bro. And I, it was Javier Baez, and it just it shouldn't have happened. Oh. This is what's tough, man. So that is tough. It is the are so bet responsibly. Inches. So bet yeah. responsibly. One eight hundred gambler. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent, hundred percent. All right, That's let's get into reports. All right, right before we get into reports, this is a segment I'm probably going to be doing once a year. I wanted to catch the Monarchs off guard. This is something that I don't do often once a year, right around this time. I need instant reactions. Heads or tails for the Super Bowl coin toss? Tails. Woof. Instant, instant. Heads, heads, tails, Nick C? Tails. Tails. So quick story, actually two seconds. Every year, I usually pick my... Uh, heads or tails for the Super Bowl during the summer. I'll be driving and it'll just hit me. I haven't done it yet. So I wanted to get everybody's reactions in it, you know, fleeting thoughts, but nothing like concrete where I know I've hit three in a row last three Super Bowls. Uh, Super producer Nick C, I believe, was in the group chat at that time. And the other guys uh, caught me. I was screaming my head off when I hit it, put a nice chunk of change on it. So made a lot of profit over the last three years. So we'll keep track of those uh, and see if they change throughout the year, but mine will be firm whenever I call it in. All right. Starting off with the most scary news of the weekend. I was out to eat Friday night on vacation down the shore, literally the most relaxing place in the world. I was in Cape May, New Jersey, had the sunset on the Bay side of, uh, of Cape May. You know, I was eating dinner, enjoying myself watching the Eagles Jets game and in the most relaxing place in the world I went full tilt Zach Wilson thought it was an ACL wore my Jets socks for the last four days I'm not ashamed to admit it uh, my lucky Jets socks so they kind of helped push me through uh, all these tough times and now it looks like he's only gonna be out two to six weeks um, more likely on that back end six week track 
but what are you guys thinking about Zach Wilson coming into the season now, showing that right knee that he injured last year isn't as stable as we thought? Yeah, I mean, I saw a report today that Joe Flacco could be on pace to start week one. I think that Zach Wilson honestly will be fine. I don't know how it was a bone bruise when he didn't really get hit or anything. That's why I was like confused about because it's like he didn't bruise it. He kind of just tweaked it. I don't know. But I did feel bad for you, Peter. The group chat you were, I mean, I was trying to pull up the, the text real quick, but you were, I was worried about you, man. Cause you're like, Oh man, I need to talk he to someone. It's terrible. Season's over. I've seen it before. Yada, yada, yada. And I'm like, Peter, like, it's honestly probably fine, but I think if anything, it helps Elijah Moore because we've seen that Elijah Moore cannot produce with Zach Wilson. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think uh, Elijah would ended up producing with Zach Wilson. I think he will end up producing, but the one thing I will say I've torn my meniscus three times, pretty similar injury. And I know the one thing is they don't actually know the full extent of the meniscus tear until they actually get in there and open up the knee. It happened so today. Oh, did they, I, they get yes. the results? Yes. Okay. Every it's best case scenario, two to six weeks, more oh, likely nice. two to two to four weeks. But if they wanted to be really careful, two to six. Yeah. Oh, that's nice because that's also what I had done. The, the most minimal one, they just go in and they shave the excess meniscus off and then you kind of just got to heal up from being opened up and it does weaken you a little bit, but those NFL guys, man, they're just, they're kind of built different. They're doctors. They're, they're built different. I think, you know, two to four weeks, that's great. I think it's enough time for him to recover properly and come back. And I'm really excited for him. I think he's got that offense. Um, Well, he doesn't, the people around him have put together a hell of an offense with about a lot of young studs with a lot of upside. I'm just really excited for the jets. I think, um, not you know, not saying they're going to have like a winning year or anything like that, but for fantasy, I think we're going to see some pieces pop. Okay. Yeah. One thing I do want to mention about the Jets and this kind of young core that they have, it's a lot of mouths to feed for Zach Wilson this upcoming year. It's something that I've acknowledged in the past and something we've talked about. Elijah Moore was on pace for a thousand yards before he got hurt. And he led this, he led the team with like 600 yards, which is just so like terrible 530 or something like that yeah like uh, it's like it's embarrassing jets haven't had a 4,000 yard passer since joe namath but well the bears have never had one so that's the only thing i can poke at they should have just kept riding it with trubisky man (laughs) um no but so elijah moore is going to be a big mouth to feed there garrett wilson's a rookie so we're not going to expect you know the world from him maybe like in a fully healthy season, 750 yards, a couple touchdowns would be really nice year for him. And then Corey Davis was on pace for a thousand yards last year before he got injured. I think there's too many mouths to feed, especially given Brees Hall and Michael Carter splitting the backfield for all these receivers to be relevant. So this is just your, your like rain, not rain check. This is your reality check for the Jets wide receivers. A lot of young hype in that group and I fall victim, but my Jets fandom uh, card allows me to fall victim to the hype. So don't be like me, do as I say, not as I do. One thing I'll add too is a lot of the weapons, especially the wide receiver weapons, they're most likely gonna end up as a flex or a wide receiver four on your teams, depending on how you draft and what value you can get these guys at. But I mean, as flex pieces go, you know, a later season Garrett Wilson, 
early season Elijah Moore. I am loving those as depth pieces um, as more so my wide receiver four, but even flex in a deeper league, I would not be mad. I, I think they're going to win you some weeks for sure. All right, let's move forward. George Pickens hype it's through the roof. I actually had uh, somebody recently talk to me about how much they love George Pickens, a name to be determined at a uh, later point. want to keep them anonymous for now. Uh, and talking about how they had a back end first and kind of wish that they picked him over Christian Watson at this point. The hype's starting to get really real. What do you guys think is the ceiling for George Pickens at this point in his NFL career? Obviously, he's a rookie. We're not going to be expecting a lot, but Deontay Johnson's there to stay. Chase Claypool is going to get starting reps, so he would be the wide receiver three on the depth chart, have to make a big impact for him to get wide receiver two lion share. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's going to be too hard for him to get wide receiver two volume. Um, I don't think Claypool's that good. We've talked about it before. They really are only going to keep Claypool or Johnson. They kept Johnson on this two-year deal that they just signed him to. I mean, Pittsburgh is, I don't know if notorious is the word, whatever it is, notorious because we don't like them. But they know how to draft receivers <laughs> in the second round, man. And I was like, all right, yeah, this guy's good. And I always thought he was kind of like a head case, kind of a weirdo. But it's kind of just like his personality, and I've kind of learned to embrace it. And Matt Driscoll, shout out to Driscoll if you're listening. But Drizzy Drisk, clips and clips of this guy every single day. And so it's not just me, not just you, man. He impresses me. And I don't know. It's preseason. We can't get too overly hyped. I'd rather have a 23 first in a heartbeat. I don't care where it is. Until I see this guy put up fantasy football numbers, I'm not buying the hype yet. No, Max. I'm saying he sends those clips to me, so I'm not the only one. No, no, yeah, I, I get a oh, Driscoll. I thought I was special. Oh, oh no, I'm sorry, Driscoll. Yeah, so the Pickens hype for me is um, it's a little too much right now. I think this is a great sell high window. 23 first, someone offers you a 23 first, pretty much anyone late, middle, front, I don't care what it is, give me the 23 first. I think Pickens is going to be a longer term asset on your team. He He's I know the hype is crazy right now, but like we, the guys just talked about, it's it's crowded right now, and maybe Clay pulls out of the picture eventually. But still, they got to figure out, you know, is Kenny Pickett the answer? Is Mitch Trubisky the answer? That's a tough question right there. I guess Kenny Pickett's really struggling in camp right now, so that's not looking good for their first round draft selection. They got to find someone at quarterback, and just until he finds that, I think he's just really gonna we're really just going to be wanting more for him at all times. So I'm going to let the hype die out. I'm going to sell high if I can. I think he'll be a lot cheaper in a couple of years, honestly. I just, I don't know. I think the hype's a little too high right now. Have you guys ever seen that Family Guy clip where it's like Peter Griffin in the mystery box? Oh, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I love yeah, the mystery yeah. box. Yeah, so basically like a guy offers Peter Griffin something, you know, stupid for our, like a, he basically offers him a mystery box for his like house or something or, you know, yeah. And it's just, Peter says, Oh, you know, but the mystery box could be anything. It could even be my house, you know, like, and I feel like the same way with George Pickens, the mystery box that he is right now, you know, people are willing to trade proven assets for the mystery box and the most that that mystery box is going to spit out. And, you know, I'm going to bite my tongue when uh, five years from now he's the wide receiver one and he's had like three Super Bowl MVPs. But uh, 
like where he's at now relative to his potential for this season is not even close. So if you're a competitor and you have him right now, definitely go find that rebuilder that wants a young wide receiver and go, go get that, go get that stud that you need off of their team or go acquire some future first for your window. That's going to be ending. That would be like a big piece when we talk about windows Know, know how long you're competing for and then target those first round picks, even if it's like 2025, 2026 firsts. That's, that, those are the first that you need to be targeting if your league does four years out. You got to start acquiring capital. It's only going to help in trades and things. All right, moving on to Houston. Damian Pierce looking good. Lovey Smith, who's actually a great coach. I love Lovey. I remember him from the Chicago Bears. I think he got fired at 10 and six, which is just so rough. Um, but Lovey Smith, Great NFL coach and great at assessing talent. Says Damian Pierce has definitely impressed him and the staff down there in Houston. I know that there's a lot of junk in that backfield. What are you guys seeing through the murky waters? Or are they starting to get a little bit clearer down in Houston? Yeah, I definitely think it's his job now. I mean, like you did say, there's a lot of murky waters, a lot of junk between Rex Burkhead and Marlon Mack. Why not give it? I mean, the Texans are not going to be winning that many games. It's just the brutal truth. I mean, why not give him a shot? I mean, he's been looking great so far in preseason and practice. I really do think he has a skill set. Um, but kind of like Pickens, he's another one of those guys where it's like, if I have him and I'm competing or in the middle there trying to compete, yes, you can take the risk with him. But it's just not worth it to me. I'd rather go out and try to get like a James Conner who could help. I mean, he was a third round pick in the around four, actually. Uh, pick 107. So... I'm just not a – I like him, but his price right now is just too high. Same with Pickens. My thing, if you're thinking about a dynasty, like long-term asset, this is all I'll say. The Jets were in a similar, not same situation as the Texans are uh, from this past season where the Texans are now. So the 2021 Jets are a little bit more similar to the 2022 um, Texans. And the Jets last year drafted a young running back in the fourth round, I believe, maybe the third, but I believe it's the fourth and Michael Carter, a lot of buzz. Michael Carter went out there and performed his butt off as a rookie, played really well and was rewarded by getting Brees Hall drafted. So we always see these teams, even if they do have these diamonds in the rough, where we find Michael Carter in the fourth, Damian Pierce now, and then James Robinson down in Jacksonville. These franchises aren't going to be satisfied with that fourth round pick uh, at running back most of the time. The only time I can really think about that would be like Aaron Jones in not recent memory, but more recent memory. So these these lion share share guys are starting to fall out of favor for the young bucks. Uh, so I would just be careful with him. Speaking about a guy who was a lion share guy and not drafted very highly was actually moved to running back. Now seems to be moving to Gunner on special teams. Antonio Gibson dropping the ball in the preseason games, working with the twos and threes in practice. Nick C, super producer. I want you to chime in as a resident um, recent holder. I don't know if you still have him, but tell me what's going through your mind uh, about having Gibby. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I have him in two leagues. Um, one league, I well, in both leagues. I acquired him from Max, so nice job, Max. But I don't know, man. It's it's not looking great for him, uh, but I don't know. He has the talent. I think 
that's the, I mean, that's been the one thing with him is he's super athletic and he's raw. Obviously he's a converted running back. I think it's tough to think that he's just going to change the tide uh, like very quickly. I think he's probably going to be in a bad committee to start off the year, but I don't know, man, it's just a gross place to be to have Gibson on your roster. I feel like at this point, you just got to hold them. It's not worth selling. I mean, I, I would almost be buying it because I'm sure someone might even sell him for like a 23 second, which I feel like with you, I, I like, I would buy him at that price, uh, but 100%. I definitely would not be selling. Yeah. I I'm a hundred percent on board with buying low right now. I'm currently rebuilding in my most important league and I really don't want anything to do with running backs right now, but I've thought about sending over some second round offers because it's just the price is dipping way too low. I've said it for quite some time. I'm really not that worried about Brian Robinson. I know I've the stats like about Alabama running backs drafted in the first three rounds like there's they've always gone like had a 1000 yard season I've heard that stat I've I've heard all the stats about Gibson fumbling like he's got experience real NFL experience the coaches used to rave about him um, prior to this season I feel like it's a bit of doghouse right now and him working on the special teams and uh, him running with the twos and the threes that's them trying to get his motor going again and get him to snap out of it I think we're going to look back um, after this off season. And I mean, people are fading him for the right reasons, 100%, but now his fantasy value has just been driven to the floor where we haven't seen anything about him. Uh, any comments coming out about Brian Robinson being the starter or JD McKissick having an even bigger role. Like we haven't heard anything that it's just all this camp buzz going on right now. So I'm buying the dip a hundred thousand percent in an early 23 uh, second rounder legitimately might get it done, uh, especially in a super flex league. I was just going to say, I wanted to throw in uh, one thing I did see on Twitter after it was reported that he was uh, blocking on the punt team. Uh, he ended up working back in with the first team later on in the practice. So I feel like that is important to note. People cut that out too, man. It's, tread lightly on Twitter. I've honestly been off of Twitter for quite some time. Like last year, this was the most fun time to be around. Like us, uh, Max, Peter, when we first got this thing going, we were so excited. We were just like sending around Dude, all the camp highlights. Gibby for four firsts. Gibby for four firsts. I mean, it was really fun for us too because I think that's when we all kind of like really, really, really fell in love with Dynasty enough to start a podcast about it. And now I've learned my lesson from last off season because uh, Marquez Callaway worth nothing. But last year was, I mean, God, you probably could have a Jamar you chase for Marquez Callaway trade probably happened somewhere out there last somewhere in the ether. Like, yeah. So, I mean, tread lightly. I mean, don't believe every little hype piece you see. If anything, I like to fade the public right now, moving forward. Last thing before you move on to the mock. Who gets out of the doghouse and finishes top 16 at their position first? Gibby or Ayuk? Gibby. Ayuk. Gibby. Gibby's Ayuk. done it before. Gibby has. He's done two years in a row, but Ayuk is a wide receiver who have a longer shelf life. I don't know. I do agree that his value right now is just so cheap, and if he does like run at the ones and has some good weeks and can stay healthy – 
the return on investment there is going to be crazy. But definitely, if you have them, you cannot be selling Gibby right now just because people are going to be offering thirds, man. It's going to be a slap in the face. Okay, so if we really think it, we're split here, I'd probably go with IU, given the fact that Gibson has a lot of uh, – he's going to have a lot of work st- stolen from him this year that he's used to. But now who has the shorter leash? Like who's closer to getting cut by the team or let go or traded? Ayuk or Gibson? I think it's Gibson. Yeah, Gibson for sure. He's just unfortunately at that expendable position of running back where – And not a first-round pick. And, yeah, I was going to say a decent draft capital, but nothing that they can't lose. All right, let's move on to our startup mock draft. All right, here we go. Always fun to mock. I was doing a couple mocks prepping for this earlier in the day, did some redraft mocks, ended up doing a underdog draft and did a startup mock. So I'm really excited about this. We have everybody coming in at four different places. So we have super producer Nixie and at the 103, Jace at 106, Max at 109 and me at the turn for 112. We're going to be doing half PPR, one quarterback, uh, two wide receivers, two running backs, and a flex. No defense, no kicker. So none of the CPU messing around and taking a kicker in the eighth round. All right, we're going to get into it. Like I just mentioned, we have our draft order all set. Number one goes Jamar Chase. Number two goes Jonathan Taylor. Not much of a surprise there. Nick C, super producer. What are we feeling at that one three spot? I feel like this is going to be really complex for a lot of people in their startups. Antonio Gibson. Yeah, man. Uh, <laughs> You know, I got I got blessed with the 103 pick. I I mean, pretty brain dead pick. It's gonna be Jay Jet in the top three. I mean, you're getting Chase, Jefferson, or JT, and you're laughing to the bank. Yeah, no, when I think about Justin Jefferson, we mentioned it earlier. I think that offense is gonna get more wide receiver centric, less like ground and pound, Alexander Madison style that we're used to, Dalvin Cook style that we're used to. Um, Jay Jet. Gets another year older, another year more comfortable with the NFL, and his uh, his league partner, his wide receiver partner, Adam Thielen, gets another year older and another year closer to retirement. So I think Jefferson's definitely strapped in for the next, I'd say, guaranteed four years, five years of production, guaranteed. And then after that, anything is just gravy. So he, he's definitely a top three asset and probably my number one asset in all of fantasy. Yeah, I mean, I, I really think he finishes as the wide receiver one this year, just given the new offense, given what he's been able to do the past two seasons, his skill set. Jefferson there, I mean, I'd rather have him than Taylor, honestly. Yeah, 100%. I'm, I'm always pretty much with a wide receiver in my dynasty startups. Um, I could go on and on about how I think the comp- – it's kind of a weird year to compete for me. I just think it's a very weird year to compete. It's just, there's been so many guys that have changed teams this year. There are so many guys right on that age cliff. It's just kind of a weird year to compete. So I'm probably starting with a young wide receiver and Jefferson's about as good as you can get. So, yeah. All right. From there. So again, I went Jamar Chase, Jonathan Taylor, Justin Jefferson, Najee Harris comes in at the one Oh four, which I'm not ecstatic about. 105 comes Cooper Cup. Jace is on the board at 106, and there's a screaming value here, in my opinion. Yeah, this one's going to be pretty easy for me, but but Najee Harris going that high. I was telling people to go buy low on Najee Harris on an episode or two ago, but if he's being drafted this high and being valued this high, I am out. 
on Najee Harris. That is 100% a fact. Um, I see him a lot closer to the, you know, back end of the top 10, if, if not right outside of it, um, as it goes for redraft rankings. But for me, I'm going with CD lamb here. I think this is the year three breakout. We've always wanted Ooh. to see, I think he, he's my, uh, wide receiver three in my dynasty wide receiver ranking. So I'm just going to scoop him up here at six and, uh, hope this is actually the breakout year, but I think all the right there for him. Jace, before we get into your reasoning behind CD Lamb this upcoming year. I'm very shocked that you didn't go with Christian McCaffrey. Now, let me let me just preface this really quick. I want you to explain to the listeners why you're opting for CD Lamb who has definite question marks moving into this year versus a guy who is like as you've mentioned a fantasy cheat code. Yeah, for me it's there's a bunch of different reasons for me. It's just CD lamb is locked in. He's going to be an asset on my roster that I really don't have to move for upwards to 10 more years where CMC, although I believe he's going to smash this year and probably the year after that, because his injuries have really been insignificant compared to a lot of people, no major tears or anything like that. I just, I don't want to shove all my chips in year one right now. I just talked about how I think this is a, it's a weird year to compete, but not only that, I just don't want to put first round startup draft capital into a running back that could, if things go terrible, like Antonio Gibson from last year to this year. I mean, I just drafted a guy in the first round that's worth essentially nothing the next year. So it's just a risk factor for me. And I think CD's as safe as you can get right now. It is. It's crazy. When you think about it, I saw a draft from 2017 and I mean, like a redraft there. The first three picks were David Johnson, Bell, and then Antonio Brown. Like, and then the fourth pick was Odell Beckham. So it's just so crazy to think how fast things turn. And I just keep thinking about David Johnson, Lev Bell, these guys, like Todd Gurley, man. I mean, yeah, Gurley, man. It is so, so crazy how things can turn. And I love the pick, Chase. How you said it and how you worded it was absolutely perfect. I don't have much more to add there. Max, two seconds before you get in, something that I did want to expound on here. I was listening to Colin Coward today while I was working, and he said something really profound. He said, we haven't seen this much young talent in the NFL in a long time. There is such a high level of talent at such a young age. When we look back at the 2017, uh, 2017, I know it was five years ago. But a lot of those guys were still pretty up there in age relative when they were drafted at that, like in dynasty. Yeah. Now, when you look at this chase 20, what 20, let I'll say less than 23 chase, yeah. less than 23 Taylor, less than 23 Jefferson, less than 23 Najee's 24 cups, 28 CD lamb, less than 23 Javonta Williams, less than 23. And then Swift less than 23, the two picks after Jace's pick just how much young talent is really in the NFL right now. Yeah. I think too, um, you know, over the years playing fantasy, like Deandre Hopkins, Devonte Adams, Ezekiel Elliott is the one rare exception at running back, but we've had like these guys that we just draft up at the top year over year over year. And all those guys are at their age cliffs. So I feel like there's a bunch of new guys right now kind of stepping into field right now. So I'm trying to find one of those guys they're good competing they're good rebuilding um that's what i'm trying to do with my first few picks of a startup here give me long-term safe assets then i'll start taking flyers towards the end of this thing 
All right, moving on again, like I mentioned earlier, it went Javante Williams, DeAndre Swift, and Max is now on the board at 109. Yeah, I really thought Jace was going to take this guy at 106. I honestly, if it went um, Chase and then Jefferson, I probably would have taken this guy at three. So the fact that he fell all the way till nine is just absolutely crazy. I'm going with Kyle Pitts to lock in that tight end position. He's 21 years old. He had a thousand yards last year with Matt Ryan. He only had one touchdown, which is just crazy, right? Um, but to lock up that position for the next, I don't know, seven, eight years and not have to worry about it. Like I sit here and just feel at peace, you know, that I have Kyle Pitts on my team. I know Jace's a big Pitts fan. Yes, he could bust. Yes, he could be like Hawkinson, who hasn't really done much, but his speed, his size, what he's been able to accomplish, it it's really, really scary and good. So I'm just grinning ear to ear getting Kyle Pitts here. I'm in full support of this pick. I actually, the sleeper startup ADPs a little bit off because he was just like not on the screen. I honestly didn't even see him or consider it. I probably would have thought pretty hard about it. I think one way I could defend maybe going with CeeDee Lamb is that usually, well, in this league specifically, but usually you got to start three wide receivers at least. So I like to kind of bulk up on those guys at the end of the day. You only have to start one tight end. And if you're, this is a 12 teamer. Um, so I'd still think it's a big positional advantage to have a locked up stud tight end. And Kyle Pitts is just a straight up unicorn um, and projects to be a unicorn is if they can get a quarterback over there in Atlanta. Um, but, you know, as if this were a 14 teamer, I definitely wouldn't be taking Pitts up here just because as the, the deeper your league gets, it's just more often than not the person you're going to be playing each week, their tight end's going to suck too. So it's like, sure. The positional advantage is nice, but you can kind of enter that, that pool of suck with the other guys and just kind of load up on other positions. All right. So moving on from Kyle Pitts, the guy I would have snagged at 112 in a heartbeat goes at 110 and Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook at 111, who I would not sniff at the 10 foot pole in startup in a startup dynasty drafts. Moving on to the 112 pick, I have a lot of options here. I feel like if I look at the wide receivers, and this is for this is educational for anybody out there right now. If you look at the wide receivers here, they all seem to be a little bit older than I'd want. So Devontae Adams, Debo, who I you everybody out there knows I'm not in on, Stefan Diggs. So those are the, the big three wide receivers they want you to take based on this value here. The running backs, Austin Eckler, Derrick Henry, Joe Mixon. Bleh. given the value here quarterbacks are looking nice but again it's a one quarterback league i am not going to sit here and draft josh allen at the 112 that would be moronic of me so i, I feel like this spot's a little bit harder than most but i'm going to reach a little bit i know this guy won't fall back to me i really think that he is the next Devonte adams and the way that he's built i believe in philadelphia I believe in Jalen Hurts. And even if it isn't Jalen Hurts at the end of the day this year, they have two first round picks next year. They will draft a new quarterback. They will use that to trade for a quarterback. There will be a good quarterback in Philadelphia over the next two to three years, which is why I am bombing on AJ Brown here. Any comment guys. I love the pick Peter. I figured you would go with him just as your, explanation of the old guys and I think he gives you a chance to if you want to compete this year and also just rebuild he's 25 years old I don't 
I'm not completely sold on Jalen Hurts like you are. I like the rushing upside, but as a passer. Um, but I think A.J. Brown was the surefire pick there. So I think great pick. Yeah, I think A.J. Brown is still firmly planted in the first round of dynasty startups for me. Um, even over a lot of these running backs, I'd probably take him over Swift. I'd probably, uh, Javante, he's the one running back that, you know, I'm not in on the 2022 hype, but long term, I think he could really step it up and ball out. That one would be tough for me. But A.J. Brown, I mean, his per target, per route run data is just the dude's a freak of nature. And if he can ever stay healthy um, for a full season and put it together, and even if Hertz is just mediocre or it can play up to a similar level of Ryan Tannehill, I think he is just going to be uh, an absolute stud and just straight up win weeks. So I love the AJ Brown pick. I'm all, all, all the way in on him, regardless of who his quarterback is. Yeah. So something I did want to mention here, I, I know I, it's a snake draft. So I have the two one here. This is something that before JC resumed the draft, I wanted to kind of pull the room. I'm debating picking Mark Andrews here because I know it's a stretch and I know it's a big, big, big reach given the fact that he's a tight end and he's only going to put up, you know, X amount of points every week. He's projected to go at the 25th. So I guess that would be three, one in the startups. I, I just don't really like any value that I find here. Um, and any elite level talent is a little bit too old for me at this position, uh, at this position in the draft. So what do you guys kind of think that I should run for? Should I try to reach on tight end? Or do you think given this position, I should go for an older guy that's more proven like Devonte Adams or Stefan Diggs? I mean, I think Mark Andrews being 26 years old as that surefire wide receiver tight end one in that offense with Lamar. I think he's a slam dunk pick. I really do think there's an argument to be made between Andrews and Pitts. I think this might be a little early, but I also like, he's your guy. He's not going to get back to you, obviously. And I think to have, to start your draft off with wide receiver one is AJ Brown. And then Mark Andrews as your tight end. I think it gives you a great chance to rebuild if you want in the later rounds, but also you could go for it this year with those two guys. I mean, I think Mark Andrews is definitely the, pick especially just looking at the board yeah I think Andrews is 100,000% the move here Jalen Waddle's the only other person I would consider here I wouldn't touch Devontae Adams with a 10-foot pole uh, in regards to the first and second round for a dynasty startup unless you're just like I don't know anyone playing in this league I'm just going to shove all my chips in because I don't know if we're going to make it past this year and it basically turns into a redraft for you so uh, Diggs is also someone I would consider. I think he's going to have a huge year. I think he can challenge for that wide receiver one overall spot, but Mark Andrews, they just lost Hollywood Brown in that offense, who was a straight up target hog for a large port of a large portion of the season. And most of the time that Lamar Jackson was starting at quarterback. I know a lot of, you know, missing targets in the offense, find their way to the running back, but Lamar has never really checked it down that much. He, and for good reason, he, runs better than most running backs. I think Andrews is due for a huge target share. And I think that connection is just going to continue to grow stronger and stronger. So you could potentially have the next Travis Kelsey because that's Andrews didn't show us anything but that last season. All right, let's get it cooking. I'm going to take Mark Andrews here at tight end at two one. 
All right, after Mark Andrews goes off the board, we have Joe Mix and Austin Eckler. So team 10 and 11 go back-to-back running backs. Christian McCaffrey, Austin Eckler, Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon. Max is back on the board here with the 2-4 pick. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm going to follow your trend, kind of do the reverse. I went tight end first. You went wide receiver first. You went tight end next. I'm going to go wide receiver this time. I am really torn between two guys. Jalen? Jalen Waddle is one of them, and I want DK, but I'm not going to take DK Metcalf here. The other one's actually T. Higgins. Um, I'm really – every film and thing I see about T. Higgins just makes me want the guy more. Sadly, I know I'll never Pause. be able to get him. Yeah, man, I want the guy more. <laughs> but I, I know I'll never be able to get him because Jace has them, and it's like taking candy from a baby. Like, it's just never going to happen, so – I really do think I'm going to go with Jalen Waddle, just given the year that he had last year with Tua as a rookie with that many catches and that many targets. So I'm going to start off with Pitts and Waddle. And I mean, those are two just absolute young, young studs. So I love it. Yeah. Jace, if you don't mind me cutting in for two seconds, if Waddle didn't have Tyreek Hill come into the offense, He'd be Jace's pick at 1-6, I'm almost guaranteed of that. Easily, easily. I mean, yeah, it, easy money. So when you look at Jalen Waddle this past year, obviously he had an incredible year with Tua thrown on the ball. The quarterback situation is only going to get better there. That's that's all I will say. Like, it will only get better there. Either they draft a new guy and let Tua go, or Tua takes a step forward, which I don't think is going to happen. But we've seen Jalen Waddle work with bad quarterback play. So, obviously, if it only gets better in a dynasty view, Max, your team looks like a great rebuilder right now. Yeah, 100%. I I don't have much to add. I think you're looking long-term here, but, I mean, with the rest of your draft, you can – I usually don't like to draft a trade, but you can kind of stockpile guys that you think could maybe – as part of a package or straight up could get you a 23 first because if with pits and waddle and then, you know, two, three, 23 first or one first and four or five second rounders. I mean, that's a really, really nice start to a rebuild. All right. After Jalen Waddle goes Derek Henry and Devonte Adams. So another double running back team, something that's a little bit more rare in dynasty startups, uh, double running back teams, but just the way that it's kind of working out. So double running back team went down Swift and Derek Henry uh, at two, five. And then after that, we're going to get Devonte Adams at two, six Jace is up at two, seven. Wow. This is a, uh, this is turning out to be pretty funny here. Cause I think two. here's who, here's who's on the board. We got Josh Allen, no, I'm not drafting a quarterback in the second round. Brees Hall, maybe, maybe. Debo, no. Stefan, maybe. Then I sort of got to compete a little bit. Chubb, Herbert, Kamara, Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Barkley, Akers, DK Metcalf. And then there's T. Higgins just sitting there for me. Max, you were going to grab him earlier. I'm going to scoop him up now. And right now, these are my starting two wide receivers in my most important dynasty league. So, uh, you know, I'm going to see if I can build that thing again, because I do really like how that rebuild's going right now. So T Higgins is mine here at the two seven here, Jace, I have a quick question. I want you to kind of talk me off the ledge. If I'm a listener here and I draft a backup, not a backup, a second wide receiver, uh, like your team is. So your wide receiver two is the wide receiver two on an offense. Mm-hmm. So 
walk me through that with a lot of other like applicable wide receiver ones still on the board. Yeah. I mean, for me too, I don't think from a fantasy perspective last year, T Higgins was certainly the wide receiver too, but in real life, he did out target Jamar chase when they played on the field together, he out yarded him. Um, and he definitely didn't out touchdown him, but I mean, in a lot of ways, he was the wide receiver one on this team last year. And I think there's a lot to be seen fantasy wise as well, because Jamar Chase had a lot of 50 yard touchdowns. I think he's due for regression in that category as well. I'm not tooting the fade chase train or anything like that again, but I do think this Cincinnati Bengals offense is eventually going to rely on Joe Burrow's arm and his experience in the league a couple years down the road. And I think T Higgins is going to be the PPR machine of this offense, but he's six, four runs like the wind and is a beast in the red zone. So I think this offense has plenty of upside. I think bro is, you know, a Russell Wilson type in the making where he can support two top 15 wide receivers, maybe top 10. I'm just locked and loaded with this team for years to come. And T's just really safe being connected to Joe Burrow and um, having a couple of years of experience with him in the league. So, yeah, I, you know, there's some wide receiver ones out there. Let me take a look at who those would be. But a lot of them, like I said, Debo, you know, do for a lot of regression. We don't really know who he actually is, especially with Trey Lance, Stefan Diggs, older, 28 years old, Tyreek Hill, older, 28, no, new quarterback, huge downgrade, no matter what he says. DK, Drew Locke is his quarterback. Terry McLaurin's never put it together. So I, I think I would just rather have T over all those guys. It's uh, pretty simple to me. I absolutely love T. I saw a stat on Twitter actually the other day of when Jamar Chase and T Higgins were both on the field together, their stats were almost identical um, just given the thing. And like, when you look at it, I mean, Jamar Chase, obviously one and T Higgins, definitely hard to go out and get T Higgins. Like I mentioned, but just his value as compared to Chase, where you're still getting a piece of that Cincinnati offense, like Chase mentioned where Joe Burrow can support two people. Um, I think his value is absolutely incredible and off with, I mean, Jace, like your team in our most important league, like to have CD and T with those picks that you have and other wide receivers, it's absolutely crazy. It's beautiful. And it's going to be a dynasty for years to come. So really quick, Jace, my heart. thank you. Really quick, Jace, yeah. give me a percent chance. Let's say Jamar Chase. And I know we're going to move on to the next pick in just two seconds, but Jamar Chase gets doubled. You know, there's a lot more film on him. They're going to start doubling him more. What is T's ceiling? Do you think that T can finish, you know, as that, you know, top six wide receiver above Chase this season? Yeah, I think it's 100% in the realm of possibilities. I think, you know, we've seen one year out of Jamar Chase. We've seen a couple out of T Higgins. He's been banged up. Joe Burrow was banged up. There's, there's still a lot of unknowns. I don't think everything that we think is solved in this offense is actually solved. We don't know how much they're going to run. We don't know truly who Joe Burrow's favorite target is. You would assume it's Chase because of last season and their time spent at LSU, but route trees and offensive schemes, all of that can change in a second. It can happen really quick. So I think it's within the realm of possibilities. I'm not banking on it, and I don't think anyone else is. That's why I'm getting him at 2-7. But for a guy with top five upside, especially, I mean, we didn't talk about injury because we never liked to, but if Chase ever goes down, it's just T. Higgins and Joe Burrow. I mean, wide receiver one, would that really, like, surprise anyone? Because it wouldn't for me. All right, let's move on. Josh Allen goes at 2-8, Brees Hall at 2-9. 
Super producers back up at that 210 spot. Let's hear what he has to say. Yeah, man, I can't lie. I'm, uh, I'm pretty sick right now. I was kind of hoping Brees Hall would have fell uh, <laughs> one pick. Uh, the CPU sniped me there. Um, Another double I, running back. Yeah, totally. Team four. I, Team four. I would have honestly considered Brees Hall earlier. It might have been a reach, but I don't know, man. I'm, it's kind of in a weird spot. I'll probably go with a pick that is probably not popular amongst the guys here, but I feel like I'll have to go with Saquon Barkley. I'm still a believer in Barkley. He's set to get a huge workload. He's still only 25 years old, and to have – uh, Jefferson and then Barkley as my RB1 it kind of forces me to compete going forward. But I feel like Barkley's window is still uh, a bit extended because he is only 25. No, I, I couldn't agree more next to you, especially with just given the injuries, given his age, and then also given his athletic ability. Um, the only thing that worries me with Barkley is that offensive line there in New York. Um, but with the report coming out that he's going to get a major workload, I really do think he's poised for a big year this year. And I think that he could easily finish as the running back one and Jefferson could finish as the wide receiver one. So I think those two together is a deadly deadly. hundred thousand percent. I don't hate this pick at all. You are forced to go forward a little bit, but if Saquon pops, you'll be able to get your return on investment. If you can get a championship out of him first, that would just, that'd be money. So I'm in full support here. Uh, you won't hear any complaining from me. I'm in on Saquon this year. Yeah, for me in particular, Saquon is a really interesting pick. I, I like it. I just can't believe that Brees Hall went before him, and that's kind of where he's mocked. Like, Brees Hall is great, don't get me wrong, especially coming from a Jets fan. Everything that we've seen in college from Brees Hall is awesome, but Saquon Barkley went out there and actually did it at one point in his career, so – I'll always take the proven value guy over like the lottery pick. So I'm surprised Saquon fell this far, but to be honest, he's a value, but a question mark value right here at the 210. All right. So after Saquon goes, Debo goes 211, Justin Herbert 212, which is a little rough for me. Akers 3-1 and Patrick Mahomes at the 3-2. Herbert goes way before Mahomes, which is a little crazy. Nixie's back on the clock here at 3-3. So he has Justin Jefferson and Saquon Barkley. Let's see if he adds a running back or a wide receiver, maybe even a tight end. Yeah, man, I, you know, I'm probably even more sick now than I was after <laughs> Brees Hall got picked before <laughs> me because I was definitely going to probably pick Patrick Mahomes. Uh, and he goes one pick before me. Yet again, CPU is on my neck today, but I don't know. I'm on, I'm definitely in a, a weird position. If this was um, IDP, would you pick sauce here? Yeah, I would probably take sauce Gardner. I probably would have taken him at one Oh three to be honest, but <laughs> yeah, I, this is just tough. I mean, if I'm, I'm going to have to go for it, but at this point, like, I'm really not liking any of the options. So I, I'm probably going to have to just snipe Max and just take DK Metcalf. Ooh, man. Because, I, you know, he, he's not going to produce this year. And I know Barkley, uh, I took Barkley with my previous pick, and I was saying I'm probably going to have to compete. But I was considering taking Mahomes uh, or even Herbert with this pick. So I feel like 
I was going to, it would have been a punt pick almost for me. So I'll just go with the elite talent of DK Metcalf. No Stefan Diggs consideration here. Yeah, man, come on. You got to go with Diggs here. Yeah. I mean, I, I was thinking about it, but I don't know. Diggs I mean, here is a point, screaming value. I think if you're going for it too, but DK, I mean, Jimmy G did uh, Seattle is not dead at this point. If Jimmy G were to go over there, DK, I think that I don't think it would do a tremendous amount for his value and for, you know, his fantasy production, but enough to the point where he's definitely going to win you quite a bit of weeks throughout the year. Plus he's super young. So, I mean, I don't hate it, but Stefan Diggs with that build Jefferson Diggs and Saquon, like that could be really scary at the end of the year. That could be two top five wide receivers in the running back one potentially. So, but I respect it, Nixie. I respect it. You, you are a big uh, quarterback fan, Nixie. You like to get those quarterbacks. I know you treat Mahomes like he's worth gold in our one quarterback league. And I think it goes to a testament that you are going to willing to draft Mahomes here in the third, Herbert, Allen, whoever it is. Um, you definitely believe that the quarterback adds a very big positional advantage, whereas I feel like the other guys on the pod are more like, oh, I'm fine with Kirk Cousins. I'm fine with Jalen Hurts later on. But I know you love your quarterback. Yeah, and I mean, I think that part is more so – it's more of a set it and forget it type thing. Like I know if I get a guy like Mahomes or Allen, even in a one quarterback league, I mean, I, I don't ever have to move them from my lineup unless they're on a bye week. And I don't know, it's probably counter to what the meta is for one QB drafts. Cause I don't know. I mean, you can easily sell quarterback to get way more value in one quarterback and be completely fine. But I don't know. That's kind of just how I look at it. Are you are you concerned about Mahomes this upcoming season? I feel like losing Tyreek. I mean, I feel like that's been kind of swept under the rug a little bit. And you know, long term, Kelsey's getting old. Like, do you think there are any down years coming for Mahomes? Or are you worried about that? Because, like, personally, I I definitely am. Like, I know Mahomes is great, but you lose weapons like that, that scares me a lot. Does would that? did that factor into your decision at all or would it have if Mahomes was still on the board there? No, I don't think so. I mean, honestly, if it was Mahomes and Herbert still on the board, I would probably still take Mahomes. Um, I think he's arguably the best quarterback in the NFL. So I'm just going to bet on that talent and whoever they throw at wide receiver doesn't really matter. I mean, he's going to get the ball to him regardless. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, moving on from Nixie's pick at the 3-3. Again, he went with DK Metcalf. Aaron Jones went 3-4, triple running back for Team 4. That's a new strat. Uh, moves on to Tyree Kill at the 3-5. And Jace is on a board at 3-6 with who I think he's going to go with. I'd be surprised if he went running back here. Yeah, there's no way I'm going running back. I'm going Stefan Diggs here. He has fallen way too far. I got CeeDee Lamb and T. Higgins, super young guys that are great for rebuilding, but I think they're going to be great um, contending pieces as well. So right now it's going to be CeeDee Lamb as my wide receiver one. Stefan Diggs is my wide receiver two, and then T. Higgins in the flex. I'm feeling pretty good about my startup right now. Yeah, I think Diggs fell way too far. I think he's in for an absolute career year this year, just being that focal point in Buffalo. So to have those three wide receivers, Jace, you're doing good stuff, my guy. Really quick, JB, let's say you took uh, Christian McCaffrey at 1-6. Let's just say, like in an alternate world. Mm -hmm. 
Is Diggs in the question there for you at 2-6 if you're looking to push your chips in instead of T. Higgins? Yeah, I would have taken Diggs over Adams and Henry. That uh, Adams went at 2-6, Henry went at 2-5. I would have taken Diggs over both of those guys. Josh Allen went at 2-8, easily Stefan Diggs. I mean, T. Higgins there. So 1-6, I went CMC. I don't know. I think I would go Stefan Diggs there over T. Higgins there if I had to redo that. I feel like CMC really just kind of, if you're going to put your first round pick into it, you're, you're pushing your chips in for this year. You're saying this CMC is going to snap and be a cheat code this year. So yeah, I'd follow it up with Stefan Diggs, who I think is just a super safe alpha. And he's finally got some decent wide receivers um, beside him. that are going to help take off press coverage and double teams and all kinds of things. So I, I'm really excited for Diggs. I definitely would have done that. The former Mr. Consistency award winner lifetime award. I love the hypotheticals. And I mean, Jason, if you would have went CMC and then Diggs in your second round, I think you honestly could have been swayed to go Travis Kelsey here in the third and to start off with literally just a positional advantage at every position with having CMC Diggs, Kelsey, who knows you can get in the fourth round. Like that'd be crazy, but that would have been crazy as a rebuilder who knows though, man, like CD could finish as a really great wide receiver this year. That year three breakout, T. Higgins, we talked about him, and Diggs. Like, you could have three absolute studs. I'm interested to see what you do with your fourth round pick, but I'm liking how it's coming along so far. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Let's keep the draft rolling. Three seven goes Nick Chubb, Nicholas Jamal Chubb. That's an old reference for all those that have been out there a while. (laughs) Nicholas Jamal Charles. (laughs) Nicholas Jamal Charles, Nicholas Jamal Chubb. Uh, then AK, Alvin Kamara, AK-41, not 47 for uh, for any of those out there. Uh, AK-41 goes at the 3-8. And then at the 3-9, Max is on the board. He went Kyle Pitts at the 1-9, Jalen Waddell at the 2-4. And then 3-9, here we go. Yeah, man. I mean, it's if I actually had this pick, which I do, I guess, in this hypothetical, I would definitely try to trade back and get a second rounder there's so many guys here that i'm gonna go wide receiver i'm just gonna spoil that i'm not gonna go running back because i don't want etn dobbins gibson montgomery walker leonard fournette zeke any of those guys but all these wide receivers to me like i don't mind terry deontay johnson Pittman, evans dj moore drake london jerry judy burks godwin like all these wide receivers to me are just all about the same so I would easily be looking to trade back and get like a second round to pick here. Sadly, that's not in the cards for me here. So I will end up making the pick. Um, and I'm going to go with some guy that I really, it's bold, but I think could be very, very good this year. Don't I'm going to go with Pittman. Okay, I good. Whoa. That Pittman is a very special talent. I mean, last year in standard, he finished 16 PPR 17. Yep. Apparently he's got some great chemistry going with Matt Ryan. I don't trust Matt Ryan at all, but with that offensive line, their coaching and his skill set, I really do believe in Pittman. So I'm going to go with Pittman here and just hope for the best in that pick. Not, I don't love it though. Don't let Mario from, uh, from Philly hear that. He'll, oh, he'll yeah. dangle Pittman over oh, your head. Oh my God. He, he already wants four first for him. He's, he's like you. So. Hey, he look, can, man, at the end of the day, somebody will pay it. Yeah. Max, you were saying you would trade back for a second round pick a couple of times. What did you mean by that? Were you, did you mean fourth round pick or second round rookie picks? Because I think 
a lot of these guys going in the third are worth quite a bit more than a second round rookie pick. Yeah, no, I meant like trade back into the fourth round and get like a second round pick on top of it, or ah, okay, okay, even trade back into like the early fifth and try to get a first on top of it. Try to switch like a first second. Um, just try to accumulate that draft capital because you look at those wide receivers and all those guys are honestly solid and could be due for breakout years. So I don't love the pick. I'm going to obviously make the pick because I'm here, but I'll go gotcha. with it. Gotcha. Cool. All right. After Max goes Pittman at the three, nine, we have ETN fall off the board at three, uh, three, 10 and Kelsey at three, 11. I'm up at the three, 12, uh, I have two guys who are not the projected picks to me here, but I'm not like a zero RB believer, uh, but it's just the way that this board is falling. It's kind of pushed my team this way. I'm going to take two guys here that it might be a little bit of an outrage for one of these guys to go this early, but I'm going to reach on them. But the other guy, uh, less so, Deontay Johnson get that new deal, that new big deal. I kind of like the fact that there isn't a sturdy you know, air it out quarterback there in Pittsburgh um, and that Deontay Johnson's going to be a little bit more relied on in the passing game uh, and kind of between the sticks kind of action for him. I feel like he is super young still. He has the two-year deal and again, gets out of that deal right in his prime age. So Deontay Johnson's going to be my pick here uh, for the first one. And then we can do both together because uh, we are running a little short on time. So I'll let both the guys comment on this. So I go Deontay Johnson with the three twelve. And then I'm sorry, Jace, this guy isn't going to fall back to you. I'm picking DJ Moore here at the 4-1. I know it's a stretch. No. I know it's a, I know it's a stretch, but I would love to – I always love taking consistent young talent. Yeah. Every week, I know what he can get. You know, I don't want to jinx him and say that he can get worse, so at least I'm going to say I know what I get every week from him. He can do better, but I know what I get from him every single week. Yeah. I, I think you just drafted two really safe floor options. You know what they're going to get exactly like you said. Both of them probably lack upside this upcoming season. DJ Moore, I think, probably got some more long-term upside than Deontay Johnson being locked in with the Steelers, with them trying to figure out that quarterback uh, issue. I feel like the Panthers, I don't know why I feel this way, but I feel like they're a little bit closer to figuring that out. They're showing a willingness to go out and invest in this position to try and figure something out where, I don't know. I feel like the Steelers are going to go try to ride with Pickett for a couple seasons and see what they have in him, but I, I'm on both of these picks. Yeah, I mean, we talk about DJ Moore, and I, I've been – so it's my pick after DJ Moore and Deontay Johnson went and went J.K. Dobbins at 402 and then Joe Burrow at 403. I mean, Team 10, really bold strategy going. Three running backs, then Joe Burrow, but you got to love it for him. Hey, look, uh, dare to be different. They are. Dude, dude, dude. You got to be different. And I'm sitting here. It's the same situation as I was before. Don't love any of the players on the board here. Um, but I am going to take a guy. I wanted to take Elijah Moore, Peter, just to spite Ooh. you and kind of get that out of the way. But I'm not going to do that. I'm not. That's gonna. a big stretch. It is, it is especially in ADP. Um, I think he's around the 70s. But who I am going to take is purely based on the fact that you – took DJ Moore. I really think this guy is like DJ Moore 2.0 and that's Terry McLaurin. I mean, when we look at his stats, he's had the same kind of bad quarterback play in Washington and he's put up a thousand yards, two out of the three seasons. The other season, he put up 919. He stays healthy. He's very consistent. 
and he's finished as the wide receiver 25, 20, 29. So I think 26 years old, I don't love. He just got a new deal. But he is a very talented receiver, and I like just the safeness in Terry McLaurin with the upside. So I'm going to go with Terry McLaurin. I don't love the pick here, um, but it is who I'm going to go. Yeah, I, I mean, I, th- I think he's a really safe pick for your team. I think personally, I might have gone with Drake London, who went at the 4-6 at 4-5. Mike Evans went. So Terry, Mike Evans, then Drake London. I got sniped big time. I was going to uh, grab Drake London here. Um, actually, I take that back. Traylon is still sitting on the board here. I feel like I got to put my money where my mouth is and scoop him up right now. I'm, I'm still not going to invest in running back. We got Antonio Gibson David Montgomery, Kenneth Walker, Leonard Fournette, Zeke, James Conner, Josh Jacobs. I don't, this feels like a dead zone to me. No one I'm really interested in. Lamar and Kyler are on the board, but I'm just going to sit back and collect these wide receivers uh, to start things off and then worry about quarterback later. So wide receiver, I'm going to mix in some youth, and I'm going to go Traylon Burks. The only other consideration would have been Jerry Judy. Vomit boy. Uh, yeah, Jerry Judy was tempting for sure, but I just I got to put my money where my mouth is with Traylon. I felt like, in my eyes, he should go ahead of London uh, with Jace, the opportunity he has. Jace, just letting you know, you can't start four wide receivers. That's all right. See, you know, I uh, I'm deep. I'm deep. I'm gonna go full zero RB. Injuries are gonna happen throughout the season, and I'm just gonna have wide receiver one after wide receiver one to throw in my lineup. And when the matchups get tough or guys have lingering injuries going into a tough matchup, I can make a swap and really new, lose uh, nothing off the off the top end of my wide receiver court. And uh, I'm ready to go for quite some time. Uh, I, I don't hate the pick, Jace. I know you're a big Traylon Burks fan. Um, so I respect that you're putting your money where your mouth is. I just want to kind of rebuttal on my pick here. I would have taken Drake London if I didn't have Kyle Pitts already. Just to pair Pitts and London, it's just it's not something that I want to do, especially with the uncertainty at quarterback. So I do agree that Drake London is probably the pick over Terry McLaurin, just given the fact that I get four years younger um, and it just fits my team context better. But I just couldn't pair two Atlanta wide receivers. That's definitely fair. That's definitely fair. I didn't even think about that. But yeah, that is a fair point. All right, after Jace takes Traylon at the 4-7, we're only going to go one more round here. We're going to go through the fifth. David Montgomery goes to the 4-8. Gibson goes to the 4-9. Nick sees up at the 4-10. Yeah, and um, I'll probably end up going with a guy. I I definitely would have considered uh, Burks if Jace had not taken him, but I'll definitely just scoop up the guy that Jace was talking about. Uh, Jerry Judy will definitely yeah, be the pick here. Lock me down three uh, wide receivers. You could argue for maybe Sutton over Judy, but I feel like the age in a dynasty context, it plays a big factor. So I'll just take Judy here and hope that he breaks out with Wilson. I'd like to say, everybody, I think I've seen sleepers first for RB team. Team four went four RB. So it's Najee Harris, Brees Hall, Aaron Jones, and Antonio Gibson all over the place with varying ages and ranges. So, you know what? Maybe that's the new strat. Instead of zero RB, it's every RB. Right? Just going to hoard them. Yeah. I. Ooh, baby. Those. I'm curious to see what their wide receivers look like after this thing's said and done. 
All right, moving on from Judy, we get Kenneth Walker at the 411, who just had a hernia, believe it or not. I think he's going to be out the rest of the preseason, but uh, Pete Carroll said it's just out of caution. George Kittle at the 412, James Conner, 5-1. Zeke at 5-2, that's a screaming value. Guy is a top 12 running back machine. Somehow, some way, always finds that way into the top 12 at running back. Uh, and now we're at the 5-3 with McSee. Yep, and... I probably would have went Kittle if he would have fell back to me, but I think I'm just going to lock down a quarterback and just pick Lamar Jackson. You know, it's probably early. These guys don't really like the quarterbacks early. Like I said, I'm, I definitely um, think there is value in that. And to get Lamar Jackson, who has QB one upside for the rest of his career, uh, I feel like is good value. I'm all for it. I've been seeing all over Twitter. This is the year to go grab a quarterback early. They're truly difference makers. They're priced actually decently now. So this is the year to go get one. Lamar looks bulked up. I I think he's got another MVP season in him. So if he does that, he's going to win you a league um, or give you a good chance of winning the league. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a five RB team. What's happening? Live one, two, three, four, five. Hold it up in one hand. Hey, uh, after Lamar Jackson goes at the at the five three, we get Leonard Fournette at the five four. Oh boy, that is something. Um, five five goes Darren Waller and Jace is on the board at the five six. Uh, but with Lamar Jackson, there's really nothing to be said. Yes, it's a little early, but to be honest, if you're locking down a, a guy that you really think is going to be a difference maker for 15 years and have top six upside every year, you know, don't think twice. Yeah. So like you said, Fournette, then Walker, I'm up at the five, six. I'm tempted to go running back here. I, Cause I think Josh Jacobs is built a little more for the long term than people might think, but Man, I, I clicked the wide receiver button. There's Marquise Hollywood Ooh. Brown right there. He's so tempting to me. I see so much upside. I, I was thinking maybe Kyler Murray, too, or quarterback. But then I just look ADP-wise, and it's just, you know, Russell Wilson's going like four rounds, three, three or four rounds later. So I'm just going to wait on that and see what quarterback falls in my lap. Uh, Chris Olave, possibly. No, 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 no. I'm going to go Marquise Brown. I, I'm bought in on him. I think he showed a lot in a run first offense with a decent passing quarterback in Lamar Jackson. I think he got a huge upgrade with Kyler. I'm going Marquise here. I'm going uh, five wide receivers to start this thing off. So true zero RB and currently zero quarterback as well. I think Marquise has some great value there uh, in like the mid fifth round, especially given that he's going to get a lot of action in that passing game the first couple of weeks. And you could flip him if you wanted. Again, we don't draft to trade, but it's nice to have an option to trade, uh, especially at a higher projected window at the start. Moving on five, seven, Kyler Murray his uh, his running mate through um, Oklahoma. And now with the Cardinals, Keenan Allen, the old dog goes at the five, eight. Uh, and now we're at five, nine with Max. Coming up on my 512 really soon to wrap up the draft. Yeah. Uh, Jace, you are really a bad influence on me. I, I just hate running backs. I'm not touching a running back. Pause, whatever you want to say. Like, piss on running backs, man. I'm going wide receiver here. There's so many wide receivers that I just love here. I mean, between 
Garrett Wilson, Godwin, you know, Devonta Smith. I love him. Olave. Um, I love Amon Ross St. Brown. I know Nick C you've been growing on him as well. Um, Sutton Kadoshi here. Jamo. Um, and then probably the guy that I'm going to take just because I like to get Peter's feathers riled. Ooh, and do it I to me. do believe in Elijah Moore's skill set very, very much so, besides what I tell Peter. But I wanted Elijah Moore, honestly, in the last round. So I'm going to take him in this round, just given his upside, his speed, his talent in that offense. How he's getting drafted this late is absurd. Oh, behind yeah. Garrett Wilson. Yeah, no, the the yeah. Garrett Wilson hasn't even been drafted yet, actually, Peter. But, no, ADP wise, behind Wilson. No, his ADP is, I mean, behind Dar- Darnell Mooney, and I mean, just two spots ahead of. It's, Juju. it's the reek of the Jets. Like it's crazy. I really do believe in his talent. Um, so I'm going to draft Elijah Moore, and to start off with Waddle, Elijah Moore, Pittman, Terry, and Pitts. I mean, yeah. I don't like Pittman and Terry that much, like in those spots. I would have traded back multiple times, but Elijah Moore and Waddle. Hey, Max, you know what? If you can't have them in the real world, might as well have them in the fake world. So (laughs) congrats on that. Thanks, Pete. All right, moving on. 5'10 goes Devonta Smith. 5'11. Sorry, I can't see now. 5'11 goes Chris Olave. Myself at the 5'12, self-proclaimed Josh Jacobs fan. To have him fall to me at the 5'12 is absurd. I'm just going to take Josh Jacobs here because I my team does need running back. I'm not a zero RB truther. And to find Josh Jacobs at the end of the fifth round, start of the sixth round, given the fact that he has finished as a top 24 running back every year of his career and usually finishes inside that like 15 to like around 13 range, 15 to 13 range with some top 12 years. I just feel like he's the the screaming value of the draft so far. Him and Zeke. Zeke at the 5-2. Uh, and Josh Jacobs here at the 512 was, uh, is not was, is a incredible, incredible value. Yeah. Just to go along with what you said, I am, I'm like really buying into Josh Jacobs long-term. I know running backs on second contracts is never a good thing, but man, I just, dude's got so much talent. He's shown us tremendous, like week to week upside weak winning upside to the point where we were saying he's so game script dependent. He only goes off when the Raiders win. And then last season, he showed us consistency. There wasn't a whole lot of top end games, but he showed us, you know, mid tier to high tier running back to consistency over a complete season, man. I really hope he finds a new contract somewhere else. I think he's going to push whoever's there to the bench. And I think he's going to shine finally, if someone will give him the work. So Super young, proven prospect coming out. I just think he's been in a bad situation. And this year, I, that team's going to be good. I think the rushing touchdowns could be very plentiful for him this year. So I, I think he's a great value in the fifth round. And I'm not at all running back guy, as previously stated. All right. With that being said, the mock draft is now over. We're going to run into a quick, short little Max's trade corner. I know Max has something prepared that he's really excited for. Max, take it away. Thanks. Uh, I'm going to need all the group's participation. It's fun that we have three people voting on this. I'm not going to participate, just going to ask the questions. I think it will give a good value of where you guys value players and kind of as in comparison to other players. So I'm just going to ask a this or that. Um, They're just two different players. All you got to do is just answer really quick, whoever you believe in. 
um, this player or that player. So we'll Seems vote pretty, on pretty self-explanatory. Pretty self-explanatory out there. Almost as easy as using the code monarchy and underdog fantasy. There it is. <laughs> Shameless. It's, it's simple, man. So starting off running back, Javonta Williams or Christian McCaffrey? This is half point PPR dynasty. It's all in a vacuum. McCaffrey. Javonta. Javonta. Okay. Um, Gibson or Ramondre Stevenson? Gibson. 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 That was a snap call. Yeah. Um, Kenneth Walker or Travis Etienne? I think both these guys are pretty similar. I don't. I think ETN is is a lot more solid. ETN, ETN, just because of the half point PPR. Go ETN as well. Um, Najee or Swift? Swift. 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 There. The All catching right. the catching upside is just too high. Yeah, no, I agree. We're moving into wide receivers now. CD or Waddle? CD. Nixie, you go. CD. <laughs> I'm thinking, uh, this hurts. I, I, I'm going to go with Waddle and go with my gut. Long-term dynasty, Waddle is the better pick. That's, uh, that's interesting, Peter. Um, AJ Brown or T. Higgins? AJB. <laughs> oh, you're pulling on Jace's heartstrings. <laughs> Damn. Oh, one is so safe and the other one's just ultimate risk, ultimate reward. Oh, man. Give me A.J. Brown. Give me A.J. Brown. That hurts. Me T. Higgins. Um, Jalen's the answer. Listen, you're really, so. Nixie, you're really disrespecting Philly for this. I'll never forget this disservice. <laughs> All right. DJ Moore or Stefan Diggs? Diggs. Uh oh, guaranteed value. Yeah, give me, give me digs, give me digs. He's actually done it. DJ Moore, Amon Ross, St. Brown, or Devonta Smith. Oh, oh. give me Devonta. You... Uh, yeah, give me Devonta as well. Amon Ra, dude, uh, does Amon Ra have a Heisman, bro? Amon <laughs> Ra, hey, bro, Amon Ra weighs. Probably 20 pounds more than Devonta Smith. That's why we call him Juicy. He is Juicy. Um, Mike Evans or Keenan Allen? Mike Evans. Mike Evans. Mike Evans. All right, tight ends. And then we will do one please, more. Please tell me you have a kicker segment. Uh, I don't. But oh. I can. Uh, Travis Kelsey or George Kittle? Kelsey. Travis Kelsey. Kelsey. I'm going to regret that next year when he's done, but. Yeah, this is dynasty. Um, Dallas Goddard or Dalton Schultz. I think these guys are pretty similar. Goddard, 100% twice on Sunday. Oh, my gosh. Give me Schultz. Take Goddard. Damn. Uh, Pat Fryermuth or Trey McBride? Trey McBride. McBride. Fryermuth. Sorry, Driscoll. Uh, Albert O or Cole Komet? Alberto, Komet. Wow. Um, and then I just – I know some of us talked about this on the show. Uh, 23 late first or George Pickens? 23. 23 first. All right. I'm, I'm glad we're all in the same camp there. Uh, and then there was just a trade that I made that I wanted to walk through really quick. I got Dalton Schultz in a late 23 first for 
Traylon Burks, Jerome Ford, and a 25 third. I think that Traylon, I think, is going to be an absolute stud, but just to have nine 23 first rounders, I couldn't turn it down. This is no. the number to me. I uh, I just don't, I don't know. I think Traylon could be great. C is C is the C word's very naughty. I don't like using the C word. What's the C word? Could. I feel dirty <laughs> just for saying that. Oh my god. Elijah Moore could be great. Oh, um, don't say that. <laughs> Freaking me. Traylon, you never know. Uh, so I just thought I'd get the value in the 23 first and Dalton Schultz and try to flip him. So I don't know. Just kind of wanted to bring that up on the pod, see what you guys thought real quick, and just wanted to really talk about the this or that segment. That's, that's a super flex trade too, right? It is, yeah. Wide receivers and running backs will be pushed down. You could get someone greater than Traylon there pretty easily with as good as this class is going to be. And then you get Dalton Schultz on top because what'd you say? He gave up Jerome Ford in a third round pick or something. Yeah. yeah 25 third, 25. Third. Oh my God. Okay. So you got Dalton Schultz for free, essentially. That's basically, basically just happened there. Yes. I love that trade. All right. We want to thank professor Max for making another appearance. You know what? He did end up showing on time to class today, ended up showing on time and, and gave a great lecture short as it may be a little bit of office hours from professor Max today uh, on the trade corner. So want to thank him for preparing something for us and we want to thank you for making it all the way to the end that's going to be the end of our episode wanted to shout out the twitter at dynasty monarchy on twitter jace and nick c are running it like crazy 1k followers enter our jersey giveaway we're giving a signed javante williams jersey away uh, on twitter all you have to do is retweet and use our code monarchy at underdog fantasy underdog is our presenting sponsor again use code monarchy when you sign up deposit ten dollars and use our code and you'll get 15 free entries into the podcast as well as a hundred dollar bonus match up to a hundred dollar bonus match that is uh on the app yeah question so not question but just more of a comment i obviously i work in the world of sales and a lot of my businesses come through referrals and stuff like that so i wanted to give you guys the opportunity to benefit from referrals like if you guys refer your wife, your grandma, your kids, whoever it is to underdog fantasy, they sign up, they use our code. Not only are we going to give them 15 entries to the Jersey giveaway, but we'll also give you 10 entries. So between the two of you, that's 25 entries right there. Um, We're just trying to grow it as much as we can. And if that gives you guys more entries, then great. We want to just, we want someone to win this Jersey, but we also want to get you guys on underdog and really show you how great that is. So just the book of referrals is open and we appreciate them greatly. Very well said. All right. Thanks everyone for tuning in this week. We have another great episode coming next week. So stay tuned for that. Uh, and just one final thing, always tell your family, call your family this week and tell me you love them. All right. Bye everyone. Peace out. Peace. Peace. Thank you for listening to the dynasty monarchy podcast. Fancy some fantasy advice? Tweet or DM at Dynasty Monarchy on Twitter. Until next time, farewell, my fellow kings and queens.